Hey there, green future growers. Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite Android app. And let's get growing. Just need to water it more and I'm sure it would grow. But I just buy all my my um, food from local farmers and then I cook it. Perfect. But I, I have plenty that I can talk about that I think would be interesting to your listeners. All right. Well, I'm going to introduce you and then I'm going to hit mute and it's all you. Uh, <laughs> no, I, but kind of. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to hear from my great guests like you. And you, are you a millennial? I am. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a millennial. Awesome. Even better. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the Organic Order Podcast. It's Friday, August 2nd, 2019. And I'm so excited to bring my guest on the line because she's somebody I met in person at the Missoula Farmer's Market when I went down to the half marathon. And not only did I meet her there, but she gave me something to help me get through the marathon that was just incredible that she was selling that she's in um, created and she's a rock star millennial and from Missoula, Montana, and their business is called Key to the Mountain. So, welcome to the show today, Melissa Kagiyama. Yes, is that right? Yeah, thanks, Jackie. Um, that was such a sweet introduction. I really, I'm really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on. And like, there have been summers where I've had people come on and talk like. We try to do it every Friday, but it doesn't always work about food that they cook from the farmer's market. Um, and so today you're going to talk to us about food like that. Your story, you talk about that when you moved to Missoula, um, you were just blown away by the quality of food at the farmer's market. And you started cooking from scratch and making wholesome food for your family. And so I know listeners are going to because... I get questions certainly about what do you do with that and food that we grow and people are always, people often wonder about like squashes and things and just, I'm the organic eater at the house. I struggle with gardening too. We were saying a little in the pre-chat about the watering thing because it's huge. It takes a huge amount of water to keep a garden going in Montana, I think anyway, in the dry. And I struggle with watering things all the time too. I was just down yeah, absolutely. Started talking. Okay. Yes, I I really I really appreciate all of our local farmers who are doing all that work, um, because we just we just source locally and then we cook it so that way we can preserve that amazing food that we grow for all year. Excellent. Well, do you want to tell us like a little bit about like? Maybe you want to talk about your very first cooking experience. Like, were you a kid? Were you an adult? Like, what was the very first thing you yeah. ever cooked? And who were you with? Um, well, let me, I guess I'll just give you a brief background. Perfect. Um, I grew up not cooking and eating pretty much everything from a can or a TV dinner, which is just the way a lot of millennials grew up, um, you know, with both parents working it's just it takes a lot of time to to cook food so it's just what everyone does and I I didn't really know anything about cooking and then I always ate that way I didn't eat a lot of fresh food as I got into college I started getting really um really exhausted all the time 
And to me, I felt like something wasn't right, like I was sick. So I went to the doctors and everyone said, I'm fine. You know, we can try some medication, but, you know, nothing's going to work because you're fine. And I was sleeping like 16 hours a day just because I was so tired. Finally, um, after it it was crazy and going to the doctors and having them tell me that I'm fine and that it's all in my head was very discouraging and disempowering. So I figured, you know, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do something about it. And after much searching, I found an Indian holistic medicine um, called Ayurveda. And what that is in a nutshell is kind of like directions on how to live a healthy, balanced life. It includes what kind of food to eat, what kind of exercise to do, when to sleep, how much to sleep. It's it's really about the entire lifestyle. And what really, um, for me, shocked me so much was about the food I was eating because I thought if I ate, let's say, um, some canned green beans that I was, you know, I was getting my vegetables and I was being healthy, but that's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily bad either. It all depends. Um, but I completely healed and I felt so amazing after I, I learned all this knowledge about how to eat. And, and then I, I finished my degree really great and I started teaching. Um, so at this point I was cooking all my food, basically very simple recipes, um, just like, I don't know, salad or spaghetti, whatever I was cooking, but I was, I was actually cooking my food and a really great book that I love is Mark Bittman's How to Cook Everything. That's where I learned how to cook. So I really highly recommend that book. Um, so then I, I started teaching and I, I taught music and I had all, all sorts of kids. I had young, old, poor, rich, every background, whatever. And I noticed that after lunch, I, I couldn't teach the kids. They, they weren't focused. They were just acting very crazy, like bouncing off the walls. And for me, I personally decided that was because of what they were eating. So I felt the exact same thing that happened to me in my childhood, eating food that wasn't actually supporting me, happening to the children that I was teaching. And then I moved to Montana, and like like you said earlier, when I got to the farmer's market, you know, I was already cooking all my food, but when I saw this food, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is what food is supposed to be. When you grow your food from your garden, it's, it's such a high quality, and then I, I started eating that, and I felt even, even better, and, and the thing is, that we only we have such a short growing season so how can we take this high quality amazing food and keep it for the whole year so that's when 
we founded Key to the Mountain. We're a really high-quality food manufacturing company. We source locally and organically. And everything we do, we believe that food should not just fill your belly. It should make you feel amazing. It should help you think clearly. And it should empower you in everything that you do. We also believe that everyone in the food chain should and can benefit from from eating. So that means from the earth, taking care of the earth. That's why we source locally. We really trust our Montana farmers and um, organically because that's, that's, of course, always better. And then all the way through the chain until we get to the person who's eating the food. Again, that food should be the highest quality and really supporting that person to live a healthy, better life. Um, so that's a long answer to your to your question about my my first cooking experience, but I give you a, yeah long answer. But that's exactly why I love millennials, and I think that. Um that what you're doing is so important. And the, it, it reminds me of like, there's like this little cartoon I saw on Facebook years ago. And it was like these two carrots talking to each other. Right. And one's the organic carrot and he's kind of funky looking. And he's got his little bumps and bruises and little extra amendments. And then there's the perfectly straight carrot and the organic carrot goes to him. And he's like, why do they call you food and me organic? You know, it's like, shouldn't I be the food and just, um, I think my listeners are really going to like that. This And then the, the funny thing is, like, so Andrew Cath Andrea Catherine, who used to come on my show last summer and the summer before, I think, uh, she also talked about that Ayurvedic um, healing and taught us some of those tricks. So I think listeners are going to be excited. And just there was, like, no comparison. So the um, product I got from Melissa for the Missoula half marathon was, um, this thing called energy. And it was like this little packet of food and I carried it with me through the marathon. And I also had this other like gel that I have bought and her packet just gave me so much more energy, I think, because it was made of natural ingredients and it just, it was easier to carry. And, um, it was just, everything about it was just fantastic. And so, uh, I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that and, uh, so what do you, do you want to tell us about some of your products today? And I think, you know, listeners, a lot of times I tell people, like when I talked to Sam Lilly, I was like, Vendor's going to be a household name. I think key to the mountain someday is going to be just as big of a household name as like cliff bars or, um, yeah, any Thank big you. product that you see out there because starting, I think, I just think like, this is what people are looking for is real food. Like we, we shouldn't like what you're doing should be the norm. And I, I think that it's going that way and your products are fantastic. They taste good and just are, um, I don't know, which is why we all love to, uh, eat healthy organic food. So, and I'm so glad yeah. to hear that it, it healed you in that way because I thought you were going to say something about like, I find that like my big problem is after lunch at two o'clock, I run out of energy and I usually get between eight and nine hours of sleep a night. I get a pretty good amount of sleep, but, uh, I get up really early in the morning is the one thing I'm usually up by four thirty on most days. So I was just curious, but, 
I definitely, I get a lot of good organic food, microses, but we struggle to make it through the winter. Like we finally had our first potatoes from this year, homegrown, and we've been like eating potatoes from the store since January. And Mike's just like fed up. <laughs> He's like so excited to have our own homegrown potatoes. So anyway, uh, tell us about some of the foods that you make besides the energy. And you can tell us about that um. too. Well, yeah, let me just start with that since um, you're talking about it. So energy is, it's like a snack bar, but it's actually food. There's um, walnuts, raisins, and ghee. Ghee is clarified butter. Ayurvedically, it's super, super healing for your digestion. It actually heals your gut and it boosts your metabolism. So if there is any cure-all in Ayurveda, it's usually, it's ghee and this other herb called trifla, but super healthy. It's been around for thousands of years and it's just getting popular with the keto and Whole30 diets. So, so we've taken food and we've blended it in the proper proportions. You don't need a ton, a ton of one thing to get you through the day. So um, like we don't add, like you get protein from the walnuts. You don't need to add any whey protein isolate. You don't need more protein. So that's just a misconception that a lot of people have. You also get the sweetness from raisins, which are also, they're, you know, they're natural. So they're, they're healthy. They're easy to digest. And because of its balanced proportions, real food, it's, it's easy to digest and, and people love it. Honestly, it's, it's flying off the shelf. We, we put it at um, some grocery stores and it's like, I can't even, you know, almost keep up with the orders. So really exciting. And then other things we do, we do a lot of jam. So we get all of our produce from, again, local farmers, and we don't put a ton of sugar in our jams. So what other manufacturers do is, well, okay, first, if you're going to make this at home, let me explain. You're going to mix some fruit, you're going to mix some sugar, maybe a little lemon juice and some pectin, boil it, and then can it. That's just how you make jam. What manufacturers do is they do that process, but then they add extra sugar as a filler. So you only need so much sugar, and then it's it's fine, it's preserved, but sugar is so much less expensive than fruit that if you can just add extra extra sugar, then you'll you'll create more profit in that way. So that's what manufacturers do. They also sometimes add water and that super dilutes the products so by doing that it's so watered down that they have to add even more thickener so it just might be more pectin or cornstarch or whatever and then at that point it's, it's got no flavor so then artificial or natural colors and flavors start coming in but we argue that food is already flavored especially if you're using really high quality food that you don't need to add any 
flavors. So, so all of our jams are just like how you'd make them at home. We also have um, some other products like barbecue sauce and a relish called Chow Chow that's super popular. And plenty more, plenty more um, products in the works. So same, same idea is that there's no fillers because we want to eat food. So then, uh, like, how does, like, and it'll just stay preserved, right? Like, because isn't that the big reason they do a lot of that is so it will last longer? But really, like, is that any part of it? Yeah, I get that question a lot. And I have to be careful how I answer this because when you're making food to preserve at home, it's, it's going to last for years and years, but because of the sugar. Um, so, for example, honey is shelf-stable. It never goes bad because it's sugar. So sugar is a natural preservative, um, but you don't need, you only need a certain amount of sugar. You don't need, like, like I think 60%-ish is a really good safe amount of sugar, you don't need 90%, which is what so much um, on the store is on the shelf. So, so yes, you do need sugar, but not that much sugar. Um, Now, with that said, a lot of our jams are low sugar, (laughs) and we do use a low sugar pectin, which has calcium. Um, but that has nothing. That's just because we're going extra, extra low sugar. But if you're making jam at home, you're going to get that really high quality, super concentrated flavor just because you're making it how it's supposed to be made. Sorry. And the flavors of the jams are like... Um, let me see. So I'm on your website. So Flathead Lake Brandy Cherries, Wild Huckleberry Habanero Jam, Pie Cherry Jam, Wild Huckleberry Jam, Strawberry Jam, Raspberry Jam, and Just Peachy Jalapeno Jam. So don't those all sound so good? And then what's the chow chow stuff? Oh, a vegetable relish. Yeah, just a, it's just a, it's basically what relish should be. It's cabbage-based. Um, chow chow is originally, it's what you have at the end of your garden season. Whatever it is, squash, cauliflower, extra cabbage, it doesn't really matter. You just take it, chop it up, and then put it in a brine and cook it and then put it in a jar. So. It's a really great way to use any leftover vegetables. Um, so that's where it originally came from. And it's great on, on sandwiches and hot dogs and eggs. And people just are very creative. <laughs> they find really, really interesting ways to use them. It, it's just so delicious because it's, you know, it's actual vegetables and you can really taste the flavor just like 
anyone home canning would do. I like that. Yesterday morning, I did an interview that I haven't posted yet, but it's with um, the director of the Aero Alternative Energy Resource Organization we have here in Montana, and he lives in Helena. And we were talking about, um, I forgot what you said that made me think of me and him talking about, but just uh, cooking things, what was it? Or just maybe, uh, sorry, I totally lost my train of thought there. (laughs) It was something that you said about the, about using up the vegetables that are in your garden at the end of the summer. Dang. Anyway, um, well, I just love all of this because I think listeners are going to be excited to hear that there's things that they can make from the farmer's market, food that they get, and that, um, that the, just like, I think a lot of my, I call them green future growers, my listeners, because they're interested in different, maybe businesses that they could start from their garden or just, uh, excited about sharing things that they're making, um, well, like one of the most downloaded episodes was, um, this guy, Ed Evanston, who, who I met at the Aero workshop that I went to or found out about. And he talked about the new cottage food law in Montana, which is like in a, in a way to help farmers and help people create, um, what they call value added products, which is what you're making. Um, and, uh, and sell them at like farmers markets and sell them at like, um, you know, bake sales and just different places to be able to sell your food. Now with the cottage food law, the one thing about it is like, you couldn't put it in the store cause it has to be like a hand to hand face to face sale. Like you have to actually take the money from the person. So you guys have taken it the next step. But the point of the cottage food bill is to like get people to start out selling things. And then as they see success, be able to do what you're doing. So you're a great example of just, um, somebody who's really taken, uh, this, a problem that a lot of us have that like, you know, access to organic food and access to healthy food that will actually, um, feed our bodies compared to the processed food that generally I find often is, you know, less expensive, but then, you know, in the long run, it's not really like, um, you know, giving you that nutrient density and giving you the nutrition that you need to, uh, live an energetic life. Right. And I, people, people ask me, but you know, eating organically, it's so expensive. You know, how do you, how can you justify that? And I'm like, how could you, how could you put a price under, on your health? I would, I would argue that, it's important to take a look at your priorities and, and really truly decide what you think is, is most important. Um, And this is a choice for individuals to make. Do you value your health? Do you value yourself? Do you value the earth? Do you value nice cars, big houses? You probably hear my opinion in here. Um, but, but that's something we really need to ask ourselves. And when you're eating well, you're going to save, you're going to save so much money on medical bills and you're going to have so much more energy to go out into the world 
and actually create value and then create more money for yourself. So it's not about having to pay for more food. It doesn't, it's, it's almost hard for me to even wrap my head around that. Um, but I used to think that way. It's about how can I create myself to be the best version of myself so I can then go and create more prosperity for myself. And then I can afford not just great food, but whatever I want, including the, the houses and, and cars. So we don't have to choose between those, but it starts with taking care of ourselves. And then another thing I wanted to mention is you, you were talking about processed food. I just want to yeah. um, clarify processed. I, I learned this just by being in the business. Processed just means cooked. So we have to be careful about how we think about that um, or changed some sort of way. If you get lettuce from your garden and then you chop it up and make a salad, you have just processed that lettuce. If you very if you sear some fish and it's it's still almost raw, you have just processed the fish. So what happens, what you're talking about, that you've, you've shortened the word, is over-processed food. So what we're getting on the shelf a lot of times is overly processed and it has a whole bunch of um, extra extra preservatives. And the reason why why that happens is because it's meant to be safe, which is very important. I am all for safe food. And Sorry, I lost you so, as it was uh, the reason why that it happens that it has extra preservatives in it. It's meant to be safe. And you were saying I'm all for. And that's why I lost you. Well, yeah. OK. Um, so. So um, first I'll talk about how so overcooking our food and I'll and I'll give you an example when so if in order to make pickles I don't recommend starting with pickles because it's a really big process because vinegar is added if you're going to go to the farmer's market and sell something there I would I would do a jam or a baked good and then there's a couple other other really simple recipes that you can do that are um, not super risky, so they're very easy to get into the market. But with pickles, you have to send them to a quote unquote processing authority, and then they send you back how to cook them to make sure that they're safe, which is awesome. I'm all for safe food. So when I sent in our pickles, because we have a squash pickle recipe. Okay, so, so send, send the squash pickles back, and I have to cook them for 18 minutes. And, and when we did that, they got very shriveled up, and just basically all the life and nu nutrients are, were cooked out of them. And the reason for doing that is because they're thick, so you have to cook them a certain amount, so that way you can make sure that all of anything potentially hazardous is cooked out of the pickle. 
And again, I, you know, I'm all for food safety and all these laws are in place to keep us safe. And they're doing a really, really great job of that. But when you cook something at home, you're probably going to be cooking them for six minutes, maybe 15 minutes tops. And you're going to preserve all of that nutrition. So I'm, I'm an advocate for cooking this, this stuff at home. Don't change the recipe. Just follow the recipe and, and you'll be fine. Um, so, so the other thing that um, we do is add a whole bunch of preservatives. I'm saying we as a society. So that way the, the product will last a really long time. But when you cook these foods at home, they'll stay fresh for two years. Our, our season for, the, for growing, you know, until we get to the next season is one year. So it doesn't really even need to last two years. But putting all those preservatives lets the um, products be on the shelf forever so that's really great for shipping it really far and and there's so many reasons to do that but we don't actually need to do that doesn't support our health when you put preservatives x in excess in products it's killing any potential bacteria that can grow in the food which is great but when you eat that you're also eating stuff that's killing your gut health. So we want to make sure we eat food that is not hopped up on preservatives. And the best way to do that is if you make it yourself or buy from your your farmer's market, buy locally, because those are just, um, you know, bigger manufacturer practices. If, If you look at the label, you can see what's in it. And if it's not a ton of stuff, then you know you're good to go. It's it's really easy to to spot. Awesome! I'm so glad you shared all of this. Uh, what else did you want to talk about? Have you ever thought about teaching classes like at the good food store? You know how they have like that classroom there, and because uh, mm. I would that, think that would be fun people would like to learn this and then they're going to make their one yeah. and be like, this is too much work for me. And then they're going to buy your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I like how you think. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, that's a, that's an interesting idea. Cause a lot of what I do at the farmer's market is basically explaining all of this. And then people are like, Oh, that's why it tastes so delicious. That makes sense. And then, you know, it's it's an easy sell because people understand the value that they're they're paying for. Um, yeah, so there's some manufacturers do that I that I've learned that kind of surprised me, and I'm I love sharing it. Um, so another thing is when you look at the label, we we pretty much all know that whatever is first in the ingredients is what the most in the product and and so what we'll we're starting to do as a culture is we want to make sure 
that food is the first ingredient, not sugar. So what manufacturers do is they'll split the sugar. I'm a big label so, reader. Yeah. Yeah. So so when you look at the label, it, let's say it's um, blueberry jam. It might be blueberries, corn syrup, sugar, brown sugar, sucrose, you know. So there's all those four sugars separately are less than the blueberries, but together they're more than the blueberries. So they've been split up into different types of sugars so that way they can be labeled after after the the food ingredient. Oh my gosh, I never really so thought about that way. Yeah, it's that's not always the case, right? Just I gotta make make sure we, we understand that right. sometimes um a recipe needs two different types of sugar, like cookies are a really great example. They have white sugar and brown sugar. That's for flavor. Um, it's just part of the right. recipe. But but you can tell if they're like very neutral sugars, why are they being split into different sugars? So, um, and then you can also look at the, um, you know, the, the, the added sugars. If it's, if one, tablespoon of I'm going to use jam again is 18 grams and the sugar content is 18 grams there's no way that blueberries are the first ingredient so you just have to compare that does make sense. compare the right and just you know we have to use good judgment enough okay so that's an interesting thing about labels um also at least what I found um, I'm not that big of a manufacturer yet, so this could change, of course. But it's kind of like the Wild West out there in labeling. You can almost put anything you want on your label, and there's no there's no one really verifying it. It's it's so there's no one enforcing it. So if I did if I did put um, if I did put more, let's say I put more sugar in that blueberry jam, but I did list blueberries as the first ingredient, there's, it's not like there's someone who's in the kitchen with me measuring out how much sugar I'm actually putting in. What they tend to do is you give them your recipe and then they, they check it against your labels. So so I'm, and then the other thing is, if you put something on your label like keto uh, friendly, and I see not a lot. There's also there's no keto police, so so you could put that on anything, and it's it's really just a way for that manufacturer to market that hey, if you're on the keto diet, you can eat this. Now, if that person you know, doesn't know anything about the keto diet and they're just putting it on there, maybe, you know, you, you just don't know until you actually, you know, turn it over and look at the panel and, and see if it does work for whatever diet you're on. You can't just trust the marketing that's on on the um, front label. 
basically you just can't outright lie or or do anything that's misleading but it's it's so gray that that um you really want to be careful about um when you listen to the the marketing make sure you're you're flipping it over looking at the ingredients and deciding for yourself if that is what you want and that's you know different for everyone um okay the other thing i'm just gonna like blast you with a whole bunch of interesting facts that i've learned okay so and it's so true because it used to be like like people like even the organic um labels anymore like my stepdaughter and i were just talking about this the other night like there's a a brand called simple truth organics and their prices just seem so we're like is this really organic like what's making it or get like where are they really getting it from and like the regulations like bob quinn another interview that i have yet to release but he talks about like when he why he joined the organic association and was like really like and they basically started it in montana they wanted to make sure that if they were going to label their stuff organic that people were following the regulations and that um you know that's part of americans like we have to as citizens like be a part if we're if we're just complacent and like you said, you just eat something uh-huh. or just see a label that says natural and think it's natural. You've got to turn it over and read that label and look at those sugars and look at the contents. Like I just found myself the other day, like I've been wanting to buy like cranberry juice. But then when I read the labels on the cranberry juice, I'm like, this thing's like, yeah, just like you said, like there's probably more. It's like mostly water and then sugar and then the actual juice in it is is very little. Uh, okay, so yeah, go ahead and share some more things that you've learned. <laughs> to be fair, cranberries are pretty tart, so you you would want to add. I personally would want to add some sugar to that. But um, it, by the way, organic is a third party certification, so that definitely is better than than other marketing. So, so if you're organic certified, you do through an audit you do have to turn in all your recipes they'll come to your farm or your your kitchen and and make sure everything is organic so that is definitely um a label that can be trusted more but again if you're buying a jar of mm, pickles are you chopped pickles let's say are you buying a jar of organic pickles are you buying a jar of organic sugar so you so it can be certified either way. You just have to know what you're buying by again turning t- turning it over. Um, so, so wait, I lost you again. And that, so I want to I want to put this in a way that is encouraging. Yeah, for sure. You've been super inspiring. Okay, good. Because sometimes when I tell people this, they're like, I don't want to ever eat food again. And I'm like, no, no, this is all about grow your own food, go to the farmer's market, buy, buy from them. Because I, you know, and, and when you buy food from your local farmers, you can ask them, are you doing this? Like, so, um, for example, I was buying um, I've been doing the survey around town, so it'll be interesting to ask yourself this. Would you rather eat 
cherries, for example, that have been sprayed with poison, so they they don't have any worms in them? Or would you rather eat cherries that at some point may have had worms in them? So what 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 do you think? Oh, I'm a total worm girl. Like, <laughs> I've talked about this before on my show, like the kale and the Swiss chard and things in my garden that I am willing to eat maybe would not be for sale at the farmer's market because I'm just like, ah, bugs, protein. And I really don't eat meat. I mean, I eat like fish and dairy. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'll eat the worm or I'll take the cherry with the worm in it. I do not want food oh, sprayed with pesticides, even though I frequently yeah. can't afford. My husband, like, every time I buy strawberries, he's like, hmm, how are your pesticides this morning? And he's always on my case about buying them. But they, they like, I find, yeah. like, when I met, like, a salad bar, like, we used to have um, a salad and fruit bar. I was always picking the strawberries, and I, they're hard for me to resist in the store. So, okay, so with that said, um, would you put... And would you put an organic pesticide on on your fruit? Uh, we would not put any. I don't know if Mike would buy any kind of an organic. But I don't think so on our apples. We're actually having a big problem with our apples this year. Like a lot of our trees have like this rusty disease on them that I need to find out what's going on. Uh, yeah. But I don't Cause, think. Cause I, Go ahead. I argue, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to have this conversation. I'm, I'm totally open to other points of view. I argue that an organic pesticide, you're still, it's still an or, it's an organic poison. Basically, you're still killing whatever could be hurting the fruit, and not saying it's, it's not to do at any point there's certain situations where you know for example you do want to take antibiotics but it you know we we want to consider is there a healthier way to 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 get rid of the worms and the cherries that supports the tree and supports our house rather than just defaulting to spray it even if it's oh it's an organic spray it's fine so when I ask people this question a lot of people say oh well of course I would I would just rather eat worms or because worms some people are like oh that's disgusting I'll take the poison but some people are like I'll I'll eat the worms I'm not even eating worms it's just if there were some worms at some point it's fine I'd rather do that and then they'll say oh but I use an organic spray and then, but then I'm like, well, you just told me that you didn't want to eat poison. And now you're saying that you spray your trees with a poison. So we, ha- we have to really, really think about what we're doing and make these decisions based on what we value, not what we think someone told us is the right thing to do. So if you don't want to eat worms and you think they're disgusting and you want to spray your trees, you know, it's fine. But if you think you're being healthy, and using an organic spray, I would just reconsider that thought. Um, so, see, but that's um, what I'm thinking about this simple truth brand. That's what I'm wondering: Are they spraying like these? What is it, Omri Organic? Oh, I don't know. 
O R M I. Oh, wait, you don't know. You know, those you don't know. That's what I wonder about. Or like when you get the big things of organic lettuce in the store, you're wondering like, how are they doing this and how are they transporting it? And like, are they, that's where I kind of wonder. And, um, you know, I think like I did talk to, uh, this guy, from this place called Young's Farm in New York and we were walking by their peach trees and I said something about his peaches and he's like we don't actually sell the peaches because we just cannot get a peach that um that customers will buy they're just too it's just too hard to grow an organic peach that consumers are going to buy as a peach in the Mm. store but we do turn them into 5,000 pies that we sell at Thanksgiving Mm. you know now they're on Long Island and very highly populated so they're kind of doing what you're saying on the, you know, they're, and then they're just cutting the worms out probably or whatever they're doing. He just yeah. said that they just couldn't get them to look good enough that customers would buy them. But then what they did is kind of what you're doing. They're turning it into a value added product. So I think this conversation is great and something that my listeners are very interested in. I know I'm interested yeah. in learning a lot. So when I um, visited Japan. We went to a peach farm. And what they do is they wrap each peach on the tree in a little paper bag to protect it from anything that could hurt it. So that's obviously very tedious, but it's very natural. So when you buy a peach there, they are like 5 to $8. They're very expensive, but, you know, that's, that's fine. Instead of buying five peaches, you just buy one or, you know, whatever. So that's, so there's other options. Um, with cherries, you know, you just soak them in water and then the worms come out. And the consumer has to be willing to, to pay a higher price for those cherries because, or the peaches, because it takes extra time and care in order to grow them in a way that that is is a little a little less convenient for the farmer takes more of their time but much healthier for everyone so when we can educate people on why organic is more expensive then you know they're they're totally going to be willing to to pay for it um and and that supports their health and the earth and it's it's all good um so when you buy locally you can ask your farmers all these questions so that's why it's i really really love buying local wherever you are you know even if you're in tennessee you can go to the farmer's market there and just ask how they grow their peaches and and buy locally um an interesting thing about food that is shipped really far is we we already know probably that it's not um it's not picked ripe because when it's shipped it, it needs time to ripen and it also it can get squished so it's not picked ripe so it's going to be already a lower quality that way but what i found um that was really interesting and um how i found this out was when I was looking for a commercial kitchen, I was at this one kitchen and they're showing me the whole facility. This is where you can chop your vegetables. This is where you can cook them. 
this is where you can bleach them. This is, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. Did you say bleach your vegetables? And I'm like, yes. You do that because it's just an extra precaution to make sure they stay safe. So I've, I looked into this more, and it also, if we, if we bleach our vegetables, it also, because it's killing anything on the, like, lettuce, for example, it also increases the shelf life. So we can, we can grow lettuce out of the country, just um, bleach it, and then ship it over, and then we'll have a nice salad in winter. It's, it's really great. Um, you know, if you do want to eat salad in winter, that's, you know, how, how, how you have to do it. Um, but if you're buying locally, that's probably not happening and you're getting all the extra flora that's on, on the produce. That's really helping your, your gut health and helping your digestion. Um, so, um, I talked to some local farmers and I asked them if they bleached their produce. And they said, this is just what I heard from another organic farmer here in Montana. They said that it's actually encouraged to do that because it, you know, it promotes food safety. And again, I would much rather eat safe, safe food than, than get E. coli or whatever. So I'm definitely an advocate for safe food. And they said that the way their system um, is for the organic seal is set up is they get points based on how they how they grow everything and how they process it before it's sent to the market and they scored high enough on the rest of their points like they had really good agricultural practices that they were able to not bleach and lose those points and then and then still maintain the organic certification so that was really interesting and um i don't i don't even know anyone who does it around here it's just something that when food is shipped far away it, it's often done you can you can sometimes smell it in like those little baggies of carrots like the the um, peeled chopped carrot baby carrots if you open the bag you can kind of smell it oh. I, I don't know if you smelled that before but, well, um, I know they get soggy and stuff. I generally do yeah. buy those. Yeah, and even if they're organic, the the argument is that um, the bleach actually dissipates. So when bleach touches organic matter, it it dissipates and it it becomes not bleach. So you're not actually theoretically eating bleach, but you're also not eating anything alive anymore which we need to think more about the food that we need to eat food that has that micro microorganisms that support our digestion but again eating bleached food is better than getting sick but i argue is isn't there a way that we can grow our food that's so clean that we don't have to do that. Like, can we make sure we're using clean water to grow our food and having the restroom facility on the way, you know, away from, away from the food or 
and making sure everyone washes their hands. And it's a lot more effort than just spraying it in a, a thing of bleach as an extra precaution. Um, so that's that's just something to think about. Make sure you're buying local as much as you I can would like because I think so. Yeah, it's and you know what you can taste or you could feel the difference. When I like first ate, I remember that that red butter lettuce from from the farmer's market. I remember when I first ate that. I'm like, oh my god, I thought I didn't like salad. And I feel amazing eating this. And I, I didn't know why until I learned more later about, well, the lettuce I was eating that comes, you know, packaged, it's, it's probably, it's probably doesn't have any nu- nutrients left. In it. It's just, you're getting fiber. And that, I'm not saying um, that we shouldn't be eating that, you know, if you want salad in winter, which Ayurvedically I don't recommend, but if that's what you're choosing to do, then that's, you know, just that's okay. You know, enjoy, enjoy your salad. It's not the end of the world. I'm um, just, just being aware of it. And as much as we can, asking these questions about how our food. Hmm. I lost you again when you were saying as much as we can, asking these questions about our food. Uh, I have a quick question for you because I've been to the Missoula Farmer's Market, and I know that there's a lot of farmers there that aren't necessarily organic. Like, do you ask each specific farmer, do you have anything to say about that part? Like, for listeners, like, I always assume everybody's organic, but it's not always the case. Yeah, I I also assume everything's organic, um, and I do trust when you're talking to someone that they're going to tell you how they, how they grow it. But what I found is people think they're being organic and they don't even know that they're not being organic because certain, certain things are so ingrained in our culture that it's, we don't even realize that we're doing it. Um, so, so I, Again, I still, I totally eat all the food from the farmer's market and, and I, you know, wash it and it's delicious and you can feel when you're eating it, how, how good you feel. So I really trust it. Um, but to give you a couple examples, you know, the cherries is a big example. When I asked if the cherries were organic and they said, oh yeah, we spray them with an organic pesticide. To me, that's, I kind of go above and beyond to me that's not organic anymore because if you're if you're spraying it with like um I think they said spinosad that you know can kill a whole bunch of bees and if it if it drifts and you have to wait for it to dry before it you can touch it to me that doesn't seem very organic just that's a personal opinion but to that farmer that was organic so you know, it's debatable. Another thing with food manufacturing is even if you're buying all organic produce, how you process it can be, you can unorganify it. So, so what I learned was I was taking, I was sanitizing my surfaces with 
uh, ammonium quaternarium, which is just called quat for short. Um, it's basically like a bleach to make sure all the surfaces are sanitized and, you know, we're keeping everyone safe. And with the organic certification, what I learned was that actually leaves a residue on the food. So if you put this quat on the, on the surface and then you put your food in there, now you're eating that. It's who wants to eat bleach stuff? That's horrible. And I and I thought I was being organic by by buying organically certified food, but I but I was unorganifying it just by doing that. Um. So. So what did so you in do? Order to get what was your solution for that? Then did you start using something well, else, or you have to let it sit yeah, for so long till it evaporates, or? Yeah. So when it evaporates, that's when it sanitizes everything. But even then, that's when it leaves the residue. So there's two solutions that I know of. There could be more. Um, and that's you just can do an organic sanitizer that doesn't leave residue, which is not really mainstream right now. But it's becoming more mainstream with organic food handlers. Or you can rinse off after it's dried. You can rinse off the residue with water. But no one would know that unless, I mean, how, how would you know that? So, so they might be. I don't know. Isn't there like a food organic. safety handling class that you have to take? Yes, but see, the thing about the food safety class is, which I and I really appreciate this. It's all about keeping our food safe now. It's not about how is how we're keeping our food safe now affecting our health in the future. It's not about nutrition. So, you know, if I bleach, if I bleach my food, it's safe. But is it necessarily healthy at that point? That's that's what they focus on. They just want to make sure that oh, no one's going to get sick. Got it. So, which is really important. It. Yeah. So, so how can we keep our food safe now? and healthy that's the question that we need to really be asking so if you eat a jar of of sugar water thickened with pectin it's probably safe to eat there's not there's no pathogens in it but is that healthy for you in the long term so that's what we really need to focus on and if we're eating you know, wholesome food, especially if we've cooked it ourselves, or, you know, we trust where it's coming from, then I would, I would say, yeah, you're, you're, you're doing really well. Obviously, the best way to know is to, to grow it and cook it yourself. But that's, I don't even do that. So that's not really practical for most people. I know. And I have a husband who grows a huge garden and his goal is to try to grow as much of our produce each year so like usually from like august to november all right not usually but lately the last couple of summers i have not had i just walk by the produce aisle i haven't had mike's grown all of our produce and then like potatoes and carrots into january and february and the problem we're having with those is more like storage like a mice got into the mm -hmm. potatoes so we had to quickly give away the ones that were still fresh and throw a lot away uh, this past year, because we don't have a root cellar yet, but um, 
Mike just keeps them like in our pump house where our well is for now. But, mm -hmm. uh, I, that's one of the things that I love about your idea of preserving the food so that it will last for longer. And some of the things that you're, and there's just nothing like, like Mike has always pickled me beets and that's what I put on my salads in the winter instead of tomatoes. Um, because there's just no comparison. Yeah. It kind of gives me those antioxidants and the, that fuller flavor. Cause I am definitely a eat salad in the winter, eat salad all the time, girl. And, um, yeah. And, uh, so there's just nothing like opening up that jar of beets. Like I'm still even eating them. I think like I'm in the last jar of pickle beets from last summer. And so sad because yeah. I don't know why Mike's beets have done nothing this year. Like we're, I think this is going to oh. be the first year ever. We're not going to have beets and no golden beets no. either. He's been growing and just, oh my goodness. It's yeah. just, we, he, Mike had to do a lot of work in our house. We did like a bathroom remodel and the kitchen floor over and just, it just happened to hit right um, when the garden was finally like able to get in there and there were people coming and he just had, he just couldn't mm -hmm. like between the weather and his schedule, it just didn't work this year. So well, I'm going to be glad that we have cured some potatoes and I'm working full time. Um, and so I'm gone like eight to 10 hour, at least 10 hours every day. Cause it's an hour drive each way and eight hour shift. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, it's just one of those years, but we are having, you know, we have our fruit trees and, you know, we have some stuff growing and then somebody let the deer in. So they got my broccoli and cabbages. I don't know if I'm <laughs> getting any of them. I don't know. We were kind of having a debate about who left the gate. Who didn't close yeah. the gate tight enough. I, I, uh, I don't want to get involved with that. Yeah. But anyway, we've been talking for an hour or so like, and just you, I think people are really going to like this interview because you've brought up a lot of things, what people can do with their produce and like some ideas for people who want to take it to the market or sell it in stores. And just, um, I love the part about that, Like I just love that organ or I mean, what is it again? Energy stuff, because not only that, like walnuts are so important and like, that package would like, you know, you don't have to eat the whole package a day. And if you have children, like it'd be a good way to help them get their walnuts because it's such a uh, brain food. Yeah. Um, and not only to, did it like help me hide through the marathon, it from my kids. Do you? Yeah. It tastes really yeah, good. Well, and, and it's so, just. And we originally did the coffee one and I, they kept eating it. So then I'm like, oh my God, I need one without caffeine because my kids won't stop eating this. So then, then we, we have the vanilla. And we're launching more flavors too, and yeah, it's kids love it. They it's it's so delicious. It's sweet because it has raisins, but it has everything else they need. It's it's a super wholesome snack for anyone. Yeah, and it's just so convenient. Like I wish I would have had it when I was teaching because, like I said, I always had that like little two o'clock in the afternoon like kind of feed. And I think it would have been a good pick me up to make it through, um, the afternoon and just, uh, so healthy for you. So good for you. So, well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Tell everybody like your website and where they can find you. And wait, I, what about, um, I don't Are you in a hurry? Do you want to do a quick, like, I, it's like a lightning round where it's kind of like getting to the root of things. Um, I would, I would love to, I would love to, but I can't promise I'll have any of the right answers. So let's go. Okay. 
So I usually ask, do you have a least favorite activity to do in the garden? So do you have a least favorite activity to do in the kitchen? Something you've got to kind of oh. force yourself to do? In the kitchen, I really don't like cooking, <laughs> um, which is why I'm all about canned food, because it's so easy to just open a can and 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 put it on something, <laughs> which is ironic, I know. No, I think that's awesome. Because I, li I like cooking I for my job, like but, you know, when I get home, it's like, you know, it's been a, it's been a long day. I have, I have three kids. I don't want to cook like this huge meal for them. So I do very simple recipes. Uh, I, but I think that it's practical. It's like getting things ready and then you can have that over several meals or it's just like pre preparing the food and just, um, I think that's a good answer because other people are like, I hate cooking. Uh, yeah, I often tell people too. Cooking's that, overrated. My mom's always like, why do people not like cooking? And I am often, I often tell her mom, it's not that they don't like the cooking. It's they don't want to deal with the cleanup after. Because I think that yeah, happens well, with like yeah. a lot of people it's, don't like cooking too. It's just a time thing, you know. Yeah. Most people are working, like you said, an eight hour day and then have that commute on either side. And when you get home, you may enjoy cooking, but, but you know, cooking for another you know, adding another hour to your day, it's, it's a lot. And, and I, I found that if I just do really simple recipes, you just pick a couple recipes that you like that are simple and just keep rotating those. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't have to be like a lobster dinner that you cook. It can be some sauteed vegetables and, uh, I don't know, baked chicken, which, which is even, that's on a good day, right? That's a, that's a lot too. Like, what did we do last night? We had we had fried potatoes and and spaghetti. <laughs> so, you know, it could be very simple, but just make sure it's balanced. You know. So yeah, next well, question. My mom used to make the most awesome fried spaghetti when I was a kid that I used to love to eat on Saturday mornings with like leftover spaghetti, where she would just mm -hmm. basically do fry it and olive oil i'm so good i'm not sure how healthy it was yeah. for me but <laughs> anyway yeah, no, and last year it's i fine. totally fell in love Everything with zucchini balance. noodles mm, i'm gonna get a mm. spiraler i can't wait because i think i just i loved zucchini noodles i thought they would be really soggy and they weren't at all they like totally they're crunchy up. yeah uh so on the flip side what's your favorite activity to do in the kitchen what do you love to do i love creating new recipes because now that i found out how our food is manufactured. I'm like, I can do anything better. Like, it's so easy. So I love creating new recipes, thinking of uh, simple ways to make food better. We just um, made a, I've, I've been th talking about blueberries a lot because just last week we, we made a, a blueberry jam and I had never made blueberry jam before, but we just, we threw some, some um, cardamom in it and Oh my God. It just, it, it's delicious. So I am. Awesome. And, oh, and then, yeah. No. And then another thing we did is we put a Worcestershire sauce in our barbecue sauce. And one day I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm buying this, you know, organic gluten-free sauce, but why don't I just make my own? And then I did that and it's, 
so so delicious and so good so i love i love creating new recipes that's that's my thing well i'm all about being creative and my um so my granddaughters have both gone totally vegan and kind of driving my stepdaughter crazy but kind of not and she, so they've been like talking about all these recipes and she was saying that my granddaughter made these um stuffed peppers the other day and put all spice in them and she thought that was so surprising mm. but they were delicious so she said that yeah, a little, being a so little spice. creative yeah uh yeah if you just put a little spice in anything it's delicious yeah, I love and fresh herbs from the garden. Like I yeah. talk a lot of my show about um I I like one of the things I love is just like one day you'll like if you pick like tarragon and sage and a handful of chives and like a little bit of oregano or basil, like one day you'll get more chives and you'll get like an onion or your flavor and then another day you'll get more of the tarragon which is like an anise flavor. And so even though I pick like a handful of like a lot of different chives or a lot of different herbs together, I always kind of get a different flavor to it just by depending on which one I get more leaves of in my handful on every day which kind of I I just love fresh herbs my mom always cooked with fresh herbs I had the benefit of growing up with like a gourmet cook for a mom who just made mm. everything taste delicious and was always homemade she, awesome. like I said she's always complaining why don't people cook more and I'm like mom I think a lot of it is they don't want to deal with the cleanup myself personally that's yeah. a, and that's funny because washing dishes is like my favorite chore of all the chores you have to do but i still feel yeah i like sometimes i like cleaning to me it's like just the of trying to figure out what the effort that goes into thinking about what i'm gonna cook is is the hardest part for me after a long day i'm kind of I totally my brain kind of starting to shut down I know. The other day I was going to type into Google what to cook for dinner tonight and see what came up. (laughs) I was like, I just can't even think. Like, I just totally was out of ideas. And yeah, that's a struggle. It's a struggle for us. And I know a lot of people feel that way. Well, you know, like Blue Apron, I think the reason why they've done so well is because they've taken out the effort of the thinking. You just click on a picture and the rest, and it gets sent to you, so you don't even have to think about what you want to cook. It's it's the thought of, and and there's definitely value in that. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they say how many entrepreneurs out there like don't like wear the same like wasn't that Steve Jobs big thing like he didn't want to waste energy and brain cells deciding what to wear so he just wore the same thing because he didn't want to put the he wanted exactly. to put that creative yeah. energy into other things yeah yes. there's a lot of people that talk yeah. about that so uh Melissa what's the best cooking advice you've ever received hmm. I really like I like what you just said about adding fresh herbs. I just remember the first time I made spaghetti with fresh herbs and it was, you know, it's spaghetti. It's not anything special, but just adding fresh herbs, just, oh my God, it just was so good. And we do that all the time and just using, you know, fresh, high quality ingredients and simple recipes. That's, that's the way to do it. Absolutely. And the best thing I always tell my listeners about herbs is they're good for me because they don't take a lot of maintenance. Like my tarragon plant is huge. I used to have a sage plant in the same place that was just huge and they don't really need water. Like even in dry Montana, for the most part, they'll come back, they'll bloom. The bees love them. 
um there's like your bounty is like my oregano i just can't keep like it is almost like an invasive weed at my place in some ways but this year i am just like loving it because the bee is like one of the few flowers the bees have and it does grow in those tough to grow places where that would need like you know it doesn't need a lot of watering or tlc it comes back and um, I always have a basil plant in my window and just, I don't, herbs are good for me who, uh, I usually do not have the greenest thumb in the world, mostly because watering is a challenge of mine. So how yes, about a favorite I, I hear you. cooking tool or utensil or like, do you like using a food processor? Like, do you like have a cherry pitter you love or like a blueberry picker? I don't know. <laughs> What's your favorite <laughs> kitchen implement? Well, we're still um, we're still getting those those large manufacturing items. So right now, our cherry pitter is our hands. Uh, <laughs> um, but I really love. Um, hmm. 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 I. I I don't think I have a favorite. I just you. I just cook stuff like how you cook at home with, you know, a pan and put butter or olive oil and and fry whatever you're cooking. I don't really do anything, anything special. I don't think we need anything special. Not even like a favorite knife for slicing tomatoes or just a pan. You assume that. <laughs> and some fire <laughs> i love fire it's my favorite tool in the kitchen <laughs> is it like do you have a gas stove is that what you mean no i just mean you know just having the luxury of of being able to cook our food it's it's really awesome <laughs> all right i'll take that how about so what is your favorite recipe um hmm. well this is not the garden or the market or something this is not a canning recipe but it just happens to be my favorite recipe from the garden is cooked radishes if you you have some radishes and Mm. you throw you throw them in a, a skillet with butter and then brown them and then put some chicken stock over them with a little salt and pepper and cook it down. They get really tender and delicious. And then you have this amazing chicken stock butter glaze at the bottom that you can put over them. And I'll eat like a whole, I'll eat like 10 of them. And my like my kids will eat like 10 of them. We have to buy like five bunches of radishes when we do that recipe because they just everyone eats them they're just it's so simple and they're so yummy wow that sounds like totally gourmet so what kind of radishes like just those regular ordinary red ones or like the icicle radishes the long ones or anything Hmm. it's just radishes we usually think of as eating raw which Mm -hmm. is great but if you cook them, they are also delicious. Highly recommend trying that recipe. I actually never heard of cooking radishes till Megan Keen shared that on my show last summer. And then I cooked a lot of radishes last summer. We didn't, 
Mike's been bringing in some radishes, but I haven't been cooking them as much this year. Because I would make like a saute out of like kale, maybe some Swiss chard, the like radishes before the beets were ready. And just like, a, I don't know, I would just saute it in olive oil. But yours sounds decadent and fancy. Yeah. How about? I mean, that would be good too. <laughs> oh, it was so good. I had no idea. I was like, you can yeah. cook radishes? Okay. I'd never even thought of yeah. it. And they were like, Mike had like right. those long purple and white ones. And oh, they were so mm -hmm. good. How about, do you okay. have a favorite internet resource where you like to surf on the web? Hmm. I, so if I'm looking for a recipe, I'll just Google it. Hmm. I'm trying to think of something that'd be helpful for your listeners, but. Um, do you find you go I, somewhere? Mm, I always go to that all recipes. So that's kind of my first line of place I look for recipes and then I go to that kitchen site k-i-t-c-h-n that doesn't have the e kitchen site I, I mean I, I you know most. I've just found that at least with cooking it's it's less about the recipe you know same when I taught music it's not so much about the book it's about the the teacher it's about the quality of teaching that and attention that the kid's getting with the recipe, it's not, to me, it's not so much about the recipe, it's about the quality of the ingredients you're using. So if you're using anything fresh from your garden, you know, you're, it's gonna be delicious. You don't have to do anything special or crazy to it. How about for like doing your research on nutrition, anywhere you find yourself you go? If you don't, it's fine, but I just um, ask. Well, so my nutrition, um, cause I'm, I'm trained in Ayurveda. So, um, Deepak Chopra has books out. He, and you can Google him too. He, he has a lot of, um, really great books out. Uh, Vasant Laud is another famous, um, author who writes a lot of really helpful Ayurvedic, um, tips. Wait, can you spell that? I I, I didn't catch that. Once. Yes, yes. Um, so Deepak is D E E P A K Chopra, C H R O P A R A. Sorry, C H O P R A. And then um, one of his colleagues is Vasant Laud, V A S A N T. Laud is LAD. And there's and there's plenty of others. It's just they have um really good introduction books to Ayurveda and um how how to learn more about living a a balanced life and and basically it's you know what what we talked about here today, just eating high quality fresh food among a whole bunch of other things. Awesome. How about do you have any business advice for listeners on how, like, if they were growing their own produce to get started in maybe creating some kind of value-added product? Yes. So before I started, I was really intimidated by the whole process. It's like, you got to go to the health department, you got to get a business license. But it's, when it's done, you know, it's, it's, the only thing really stopping you is your mind. And 
the health department here, they are really here to help us. And they're so easy to work with. They're so reasonable. And they really take pride in in getting every every single person who, who goes in there to get their products at the farmer's market on the shop forever. They are going to get you they are going to get you there. They're going to help you. And they are really proud of that. And I'm really grateful for all their help. So, so don't be intimidated by the process. Just, you know, just go to the farmer's market and just set up a booth and, and, and do it and see how it goes. And, and you'll be surprised at, at how much, how much you're learning along the way and how, how much you can do it you know it's just really a matter of of committing to to that well you couldn't have given me better advice my mom's always telling mike that he should sell his cookies and you said baked goods were a good place to start and i am totally intimidated by the whole process and you just made it sound like something that i that see here that they're here to help us and do things maybe we'll look into that more um yeah and Mike is an especially the farmer's teacher. market so and the easy. other big thing i so just easy. released an episode talking about how i'm not buying any more oats that are not organic i am going to go way out of my way because i brought these oatmeal cookies to work the other day and i was like telling everybody how good they were for everybody and i thought you know are these really that good for everybody i did this interview with this woman um judy frankel who talked about how oats are just if you're not buying organic oats, the, the oats were like poisoning her daughter and they linked it back to like some of the biggest pesticides or sprayed on oats. Like I want to say before they're like, after they're like right before they're ready to harvest or right, like to make the machine, the harvester, like an easier to process or something, or like to get them off the ground before they like spray an extra layer of glyphosate or something on your oats, like oats. Mm. And then the other one was peas, which is something I buy a lot of frozen peas because I don't know why we don't grow more peas, but, um, yeah, we eat a lot of, I love peas and Mike likes peas and we eat a lot of peas. So I was bummed to hear that one too. Uh, so yeah. I, so you have just been so inspiring. And again, another rockstar millennial out there, you know, just, not letting yourself get intimidated and just caring for your family and, and helping our planet and helping people in Missoula get access to good food. And now you're online and in stores, helping people anywhere that want to get your great food. And, uh, are you ready for my final question? Cause it's kind of a doozy. Yeah. Uh, if there's one change you'd like to see Melissa to create a greener world, what would it be? For example, is there a charity organization you're passionate about a project you'd like to see put into action? Like, what do you feel is the most crucial issue facing our planet in regards to the environment, either locally, nationally, or on a global scale? The one change that we can all make is whatever we choose to do, choose it consciously. So whatever your choice is, look at it and, and ask yourself, am I doing this? because it's supporting me and it's supporting the planet or am I doing it because it's convenient? Am I doing it because it's a habit? And when we make choices that we're happy with that are based in love and supporting each other, then whatever it is, we're going to create an awesome world. And people are already doing that. And I'm so excited to be 
part of that. Oh, a rock star millennial after my own heart. This is why I love you guys, because that's something that I feel like I hear from you amazing millennials, probably because your parents kind of, I hope, led you to this as I'm married to a parent of a two rock star millennials myself. So how about just like a little inspirational tip or quote to help motivate listeners to, if they're not going to reach into the dirt and start their own garden, reach into the cupboard and grow, cook their own food. Mm. You know, just listen to your body. Nice. Forget all that nutrition advice out there and just listen to your own body. It's really as simple as that. It will tell you exactly what it needs. And that is so true. I totally go through periods where I like, I'm just craving lettuce like crazy and craving things. I think our bodies definitely do tell us those things. So tell listeners how to connect with you. You've just been an amazing guest. And I know I've had you on the line for way too long. And I just appreciate you sharing all these, I call them golden golden seeds, just valuable information for listeners today. Well, I love sharing with everyone. And I'm, I'm really so grateful that you're all um, really listening. Um, so again, my name's Melissa Kagiyama with Key to the Mountain. We are at www.keytothemountain.com. And if you want to share some interesting things that you've learned or get in touch with me, just hit the contact us and I respond to all emails and I, I love getting requests for new food and new flavors. And I, I do listen to everything that everyone has to say and I really consider it. So yeah, check us out at keytothemountain.com. And then go to your local grocery store or health food store and ask them to carry her products because you're going to love them. And what about like, are you on Instagram or Facebook or any of those things? Um, we do have an Instagram. It's key to the mountain. We put um, little under under slashes between the words key to the mountain, and we have a Facebook key to the mountain. Um, I check my email much more than than Facebook, so definitely email me if, if you want to get in touch. Awesome. Me too. I totally understand that. Uh... So, well, thank you so much, Melissa, and you have a wonderful day, and keep on rocking. All right, thanks, Jackie. Thank you. Oh, yeah, and then don't forget, we're giving away a copy of Melissa Norris's book. Um, It's going to launch on January 7th, but if you sign up um, in the Melissa Norris show notes, like, it's, like, right there, right away, and I think, like, I had a problem with my website, and it was down, and then they've re-put it up. And now the show notes just appear underneath, like when you go to details, the whole show notes are there. Um, and I don't know when I'm going to figure out how to fix that. So you can just go to details and and then the link to sign up to when the book is right there. So um, if you want a copy of her family garden plan, uh, all you have to do is click on the show notes. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local.